0: Hello and welcome back to Talking Ball with B. How's everybody doing? Hope everybody had a good weekend, got to enjoy that Packers game. And because that Packers game was so great, I'm going to do something a little different today. Uh, We're going to talk Bucks like normal, but then we're going to talk about the Packers too, because we just had a glorious day in Wisconsin sports. So I'm going to get into that right after this. All right, so last time we talked, I had a pretty critical episode about Damian Lillard. And I do feel a little bad about it because obviously he's going through a lot off the court. Um, But as far as everything I said about his performance on the court, I fully stand behind that because he has not lived up to expectations. But, I mean, he is a human, so um, I do feel a little bad about some of the stuff being, being more critical of him when he's dealing with a lot of this stuff. But like they said in the broadcast, these dudes make millions of dollars and their job is to play basketball. And he understands why he was brought here. He understands what type of, what type of player he is, the, the level of player he is, and what he's expected to do. So fully stand behind all of those comments. Um, and you know what? The jinx, it kind of worked. It worked a little bit we got our very first dame time. So, um, shout out to me, I guess. (laughs) I feel like this has happened a few times this year. Every time I call somebody out on the podcast, they come back and they do something great, have their best performance of the year. Or in this case, Damian Lillard hits his first game winner with the bucks. So, you know, I'm going to take a little credit for that. I got to figure out who to call out next. Who do we got? Um, Adrian Griffin, maybe, maybe he'll, uh, if I start calling him out a little more, he'll start coaching a little better. Um, but yeah, we won't jump into that too much. So since we last talked, the Bucks played arguably their worst game of the season against the Utah Jazz got absolutely blown out on their home court down by 30 plus in the first half and fans were booing. Uh, thank god fans were booing because at least they're showing some sort of emotion um they did play a good second half they tried to claw back in that game but the defense was just terrible and they could not get enough stops to fully make that comeback but good effort in the second half still arguably their worst performance of the year then we get two days off to Kind of figure things out. And by the way, Dame Lill- Dame Lillard did not play in that game against the Jazz. He was off for personal reasons. So two days later, get a nice two-day break. Um, on that Thursday, we go and play the Boston Celtics, this time at home. This time, Boston is the team on a back-to-back. Um, and we absolutely throttled them. It was very fun, very fun to watch. Uh, definitely the Bucks best performance. You could tell that they really got up for this game more than they've gotten up for any other game in this season. And those are the types of games that, um, despite the rest advantage, whatever you want to say about the Celtics, five games and seven nights. Yeah. Every, every NBA team has to go through that. We went through that last year when they blew us out. So fair is fair. Um, But it just goes to show that this team, when they really want to, they can step up their game. Um, The only thing that (laughs) might not be uh, as reliable that happened in this game is Bobby Portis. He just decided to make every single shot. It was one of the best Bobby Portis games we've ever had. Um, And I've been saying this, um, like in the group chat with family behind closed doors, just like, This team goes as Bobby goes. If he makes his shots, we win. Like, if you notice, if Bobby has a really good night, we're going to dominate whoever we're playing. If Bobby's struggling, only getting six to ten points and just doing his same usual thing, uh, we're probably not going to win or we're going to struggle really hard. So this team does kind of go as Bobby goes, and he was cooking that night. What do you have? Like, 28 points, made five threes. Everything he was throwing up was going in. So beautiful game. So good for the Bucks that TNT actually decided to cut away from the game. Despite it being the only way Bucks fans could watch. They decided it was so much of a blowout that they were going to cut away to another game. That was like a 20 point game in the first half. It was so stupid. Really dumb on their part. Um, they did end up coming back to it. Thank goodness. But that's just so annoying this is the second time they've done that to the bucks they did it when we were blowing out the heat last year or a couple of years ago it's like if it's on national tv just keep it on like it's scheduled to be on that that station just keep the game on sorry that you decided to pick a game where the celtics were coming on coming off of back-to-back um that's your own fault nba needs to figure that out maybe we should stop doing back-to-back so teams don't come out like this. Maybe players should just stop being babies and step up a little bit. Like you are making millions of dollars. You're you're not flying on commercial airlines with a bunch of other people. You all have your private planes. It's not that bad, guys. So, chill with that. But yeah, I thought TNT that was a stupid move. Um especially since Bucks fans were finally getting to enjoy a nice win against the Celtics. So, all in all, that was a great night. By the way, how lame are the Celtics for resting their starters coming out of the half? What cowards, dude. What little cowards. The basketball gods are watching, and the karma is going to come for you, Celtics. It's coming. Then, Bucks played a couple more games. Uh, they had a back-to-back Saturday-Sunday saturday beat the warriors um albeit without steph curry um looks like it was one of those games where it really just seemed like the bucks were going through the motions uh it everything that happened in that celtics game was gone and that's how it's been again for the next couple games it's like they clearly were not up for this game especially with steph curry out it just they just kind of play to the level of their competition and honestly that's kind of why everybody's so upset with the Bucks, and why everybody's pissed off about their defense just because they don't try. They really don't try unless it's a big game and they haven't had many big games. Like they have the easiest strength of schedule in the league. So that's why we're off to such a good record. But I feel like this team just doesn't care. We're in the dog days of the regular season and they just haven't had enough good games to really get up for, get excited for. So they kind of fell back into that lull of playing to their level of competition. Oh, it's close. There's a couple minutes left. Let's really step it up. That's what they did. They beat the Warriors 129-118. Good win, but definitely much closer than it should have been without Steph Curry considering, and without Draymond Green, considering the Warriors are in a complete nosedive, having just a terrible season. Looks like that dynasty is officially coming to an end and then Sunday happened Bucks Kings this game started while the Packer game was in like the third quarter third or fourth quarter so I was watching the Packer game on TV just the most enjoyable Packer game experience I've had in so long I feel like most fans can agree with that and I had the Bucks game on my phone just kind of half watching it because this Packer game was just so incredible. I had, I was fully into it, fully enjoying that one, but the Bucks game was on in the background and you could just tell they were doing the same thing they did against the Warriors, just kind of going through the motions, playing to the level of their competition, not really trying on defense, just, Oh, if they score, we'll go score, you know, just keeping the game close. It looked like everybody was in slow motion. Seriously. I don't know what it is with this team. They just, Well, I mean, I kind of already said it. They just don't really care for most games. Like Giannis is in slow motion. Nobody's really giving any effort. They'll try and score, but all the hustle stuff, the defense, they really just don't try. So it was one of those games, just kind of back and forth against the Kings. And they pulled away late, got a good lead. And then the fourth quarter, just some of the dumbest, basketball I have ever seen Adrian Griffin made some of the dumbest decisions you can possibly make as a coach too it's like our team we've kind of known this they're kind of low IQ just make some really stupid decisions stupid players but you need a coach that's not gonna let you be stupid and I feel like Adrian Griffin totally enabled it just and it contributed to it enabled our stupid players to play stupid and contributed to it himself. So that was just a bad bad recipe. Um resulted in the Bucks completely blowing the lead. Game goes to overtime. Now, when was it when we fouled up 3? Yeah, it was regulation. So, let's go into that. Bucks are up by 3. It shouldn't have even been that close. But they're getting into the fouling game. And the Kings, if you had to ask them, who would we choose to foul in this situation? Down by three with, what was it, 17 seconds left? Something like that. It was under 20 seconds. They would, without hesitation, say, we want to foul Giannis. So what do the Bucs do? They do the same thing that they've been doing all year because our coach is stupid and our players are stupid. They don't put Giannis on the inbound. They don't let him inbound the ball because that would be the smartest thing to do. Put your worst free throw shooter, but still a good passer, inbounding the ball. No, we don't do that. I can't remember who we had doing it, but most of the time we put Chris on the inbound, which he's our best free throw shooter, him and Dame. So that makes zero sense. But we put whoever on the inbound. Giannis is out there. And of course, nobody can get open to get the inbound pass. So Giannis is the only one open. We pass it to him. They foul him. To his credit, he did knock down the first two really clutch free throws. So we stayed up. Um, but then we and this is where it gets really stupid. We intentionally foul them up by three with under 17 seconds left. We intentionally foul them. But that's like way too much time. This is like a complete, like Frank Madden said this on Twitter, and I totally agree, this was a complete overcompensation for them not fouling in the Bulls game when Alex Caruso hit that three-pointer to send it to overtime, and then we eventually lost. But that was way less time on the clock. That was like under five seconds. Yeah, that would be the perfect time to do that, to foul intentionally, send them to the line so they don't have a chance to knock down a three to tie it. But this time, it was there was like 17, 15-something seconds left in the game. Way too much time. You at least want them to dribble around, try and run a play, make them work for it, run the clock a little bit before you foul or just let them shoot because there's so much time left. No, we fouled immediately. They make both free throws, and then we're in the same situation. And only one second has come off the clock. Just like stupid, stupidity, just insane stupidity. And you know what we do? You know, this might make sense if you want to go into the free throw battle, if you're giving it to Damian Lillard, who is a 90 plus percent free throw shooter and he's going to knock him down all the time. No, we don't do that because that's what a smart person would do. You know what we do is, We chucked the ball into Giannis again and let him try and make two more free throws. And what do you know? He missed one. So he misses one, makes the other. Now it's only a two-point game. What do they do? They come down, knock down a shot, overtime. So it's like just so stupid, so stupid. And I I didn't even want to get that negative because we had the most glorious day in sports on sunday as a wisconsin sports fan but it just they they had to make something bad during that day they just had to screw it up somehow but no worries the bucks ended up finishing it off in overtime in dramatic fashion <laughs> we got very very lucky so um kings start pulling away in overtime they're up 141, 137. We foul Malik Monk, who is a very good free throw shooter. He goes to the line and misses both. That just never happens. I mean, what are the odds? That was pretty crazy in itself. Giannis gets the rebound, runs down the court. Brooke, Brooke Lopez, our biggest dude, seven foot, 270, whatever he weighs, is sprinting to the corner, catches it on the move sets his feet, makes sure he's behind the line, and drains a three. So 140, 141, only down by a point. Uh, So next possession, we foul them. Um, This time, De'Aaron Fox goes to the line, who is not as good of a free throw shooter. 70-something percent. And what do you know? He misses the first one, and then he makes the second. So we are only down by two with five seconds left. And We all know what happens next. Dame time. This is what we were all waiting for. This is what he is known for. Damian Lillard, cool, calm, and collected. Grabs the ball. Giannis is getting denied, so he chucks it into Brooke. Brooke passes it right back to Dame. Dribbles up the court. Sidestep from basically half court. Fading away. Drains the game winner. Beautiful stuff. We get the first Dame time celebration. He's pointing to his wrist, showing zero emotion. I don't know how he does that. If I hit a game winner, dude, I'm going crazy. But he's been there before. He's done this before. Many times in much more difficult situations, he just knocks it down, points to the wrist, and the whole team goes crazy. So beautiful, beautiful way to win it. Um, Thought it was going to be one of those nights where... Packers they play great they win Oh yeah all we need to do is Beat the Kings and it's just a beautiful day Oh no the Bucks are gonna Ruin that of course we gotta end this day On a sour note Nope none of that happens Dame comes through hits the game winner And Wisconsin sports Go 2-0 and on the day Beautiful stuff So Lastly, on the Bucks, before I jump into Packers, because we just have to talk about the Packers. Um, Bucks have a weird stretch of games coming up. play the Cavaliers, then we pay, play the Pistons twice, and then we play the Cavaliers again, twice. Wow, I thought it was... <laughs> so, in the next week, week and a half, we play the Cavaliers three times and the Pistons twice. Just weird scheduling but that's where we're at so i expect the bucks to continue their lackadaisical type of play probably win most of the games because that's just what they do they're very talented and they kind of rely on that talent and they can kind of coast a little bit but i'm not expecting one of the i'm not expecting a boston game where they really get up for it especially since the pistons here are four and 36 as we're speaking at this moment so That's what we got coming up for the Bucs. Hopefully, they can uh, rattle off a bunch of wins here and keep uh, cruising in second place in the East. But that all being said, let's jump over to the Packers. All right, so Green Bay goes into Dallas and absolutely throttles the Dallas Cowboys. The two seed, even though everybody kind of figured that Dallas would choke in the playoffs, they were still expected to win this game easily. Except if, like, and most people agreed, unless you were a Packer fan, (laughs) everybody kind of, I felt amazing coming into this game. I was like, yeah, Dallas probably would win, but this is just the perfect spot to be in if you're a Packers fan. Zero expectations, a young team, Everybody on the offense is 22, 23 years old. And you got this basically rookie quarterback who's been playing lights out. This team doesn't know any better. They haven't had to deal with any of the the heartbreak. If they have, they were watching, not playing. This is their first time at the actual, in the actual playoffs in the real show. And all the pressure was on Dallas seven and a half point favorites or seven point favorites, whatever it was going into the game in Dallas top offense in the league. Dak and CD lamb have been lighting it up all year. Just no pressure on us. We're just the little underdogs and just the best. That's always the best spot to be in as a fan. Um, when you have a young team being the underdog, nothing to lose And the Packers went in there and continued playing beautiful football that they've been playing for the last six or seven weeks of the season. Jordan Love, unbelievable. Just, it's really insane. I'm just, the whole game, I was sitting there laughing, watching him throw the ball. Every time you think he, like he was running back, pressure in his face, throwing off of his back foot, you're like, oh God, this, this could be scary. Nope. It's a wide-open receiver down the field. It's Romeo Dobbs in the middle of the field, wide open for 35 yards. It's Luke Musgrave, wide open in the corner with not a single player within 20 yards of him catching a pop-up and just walking it in for the touchdown. It was insane. Everything went so well for the the offense. And shout-out to Aaron Jones, man. He was missing most of the season due to injuries. It just shows how important he is to this team. He's by far one of the best running backs in the league. Like, when you consider everything he can do, I think he's like top, definitely top five. You could argue top three. Like, McCaffrey's by far the best. He can do everything. But Jones is like the light version of McCaffrey. Like, not quite as good, but he's definitely not the hobo version. Like, he's really, really, really good. He's, he can be a wide receiver and he's just like, one of the best running backs every time he gets the ball he always bounces off people and gets those extra couple yards like every single time you hardly ever see him get stuffed behind the line of scrimmage it's he's just got a burst he always finds the hole correctly and just yeah it's beautiful and when they've got the run game going look out because this team thrives on play action so it was just Beautiful recipe for success, and they did it. I mean, I was a little nervous with our defense going into this game. Joe Barry, you can never really trust him, but it, he's definitely stepped it up in the last few weeks. Um, I think especially after the Tampa Bay game and the Carolina game, giving up 30 points to Bryce Young and the Panthers, who were terrible and like didn't score the rest of the season. I think that really put a lot of pressure on them to change and they made the the necessary changes. And this is pretty like outside of outside of some of our older guys like Preston Smith and, you know, I guess the rest of our defense. I was going to say Kenny Clark, but he's still young. Savage, he's actually still young. These guys are considered our veterans. The rest of the, the defense is extremely young. So what they're doing with the secondary, um, Jair Alexander, I forgot to mention him as a vet, even though he's not that old either. Um, the rest of the defense is very young and they're playing really good really good football. I mean, they did just enough to they did more than enough in the first half, but then the second half they did just enough to keep Dallas at bay and wrapped up the win. But As everything was happening, Packers marched down the field, first possession. Um, It started off a little slow, but they got that penalty on the very, I think it was like the third play to get get an automatic first down. From there, marched right down the field, uh, scored a touchdown. And I tweeted, I was like, all right, all we need now is a turnover and we will really put the pressure on. It didn't happen in Dallas's first possession. They punted, Packers got the ball back couldn't go anywhere we punted but the second possession dallas had that's when jair alexander comes up with the pick and we are in perfect scoring range we're at like the 10 yard line or whatever it was and we punch it in again 14 nothing just like that beautiful beautiful stuff um really put the pressure on you could start to see it in dallas's face they're like oh my god, what's happening? We're the two seed. We're supposed to dominate. We're seven point favorites in this game. Green Bay doesn't have any experience. These guys are super young. What is going on? And it just snowballed from there. Packers go score another touchdown. We missed the extra point. I was a little worried, honestly. 20 nothing. But then right after that, Dak does what Dak does, throws a pick six just directly to Darnell Savage. And i just i was cackling i couldn't believe what was happening as he's running wide open for a pick six i'm just sitting there laughing like what is going on 27 nothing in the first half um with like a minute left and then garbage time kind of ensued dallas started marching down the field scoring touchdowns but the game was already over man um It was good to see Savage get that interception too, because I have not been a Darnell Savage fan. I feel like he has desperately underperformed his whole career here, and I will not forgive him for the Tampa Bay game when he had a wide, just a perfect interception in his hands, and he dropped it. We twenty twenty man the Tampa Bay game that was such an embarrassment. So I've I've never really liked Darnell Savage, but he came through. He made a play. The whole defense was humming in that first half, and the game was pretty much over. Second half, we come out. um, Dallas got the ball. We stopped them, so held them to a field goal. So it's 27-10. Then you're thinking, all right, we just need one more score. We can put them away. They march right down the field and score another one. We're up to 34-10 and you think okay that's the nail in the coffin. Dallas keeps on scoring. They keep I mean at this point our defense is just kind of letting them letting them by. I started to get a little nervous cuz this is just what happens when you have a huge lead. Dallas is just marching down the field. Dak's really running up his stats, stats that really didn't matter. But we come back down and Green Bay just keeps scoring. The offense was incredible. And then the real dagger, uh, it's fourth and two or something like that. Fourth and goal, but they're they're like two yards out or whatever. And I'm thinking, OK, just kick the field goal here and we'll put it away. Nope, they stay out there. They're going for it. We're up by like 30 points and they're going for it. And uh, Jordan Love rolls out to the right flings it back across in the middle, zips it through. I don't know how the pass got through um, to Dobbs, but it gets through and we score another touchdown and really put the game away at that point that we got up to 48. So it was an amazing performance. Aaron Jones, three touchdowns, Jordan Love, three touchdowns. Couldn't ask for a better game. Just one of the best experiences as a Packer fan because we haven't had this many opportunities with zero expectations. Every single time we got in the playoffs with Rodgers, we were expected, like we expected to win because we had the best quarterback in the league, or so we thought. And every single season ended in disappointment, except for one. And the one year that we won, we were the underdogs, we were the last seed, and we were fighting for our playoff lives the whole year. So... We just haven't had this type of experience. So everybody just continue to enjoy it. If they go and lose to San Francisco, I am totally fine. Like, this is icing on the cake. We're playing with house money at this point. Um, They've already proven that Jordan Love is a good quarterback. That was the the main objective of this season. And this season is a success because he is. I don't know how we did it, man. I don't know how we got this lucky. But Jordan Love seems to be the guy. Already has, in his very first season as a starter, put up better stats than any Chicago Bears quarterback ever has. I think that's just hilarious. Um, Yeah, really fun team. I'm excited to watch the young offensive core develop. That's the other thing I wanted to mention quick. A lot of people are saying, oh, let's get Devontae back. Let's get AJ Brown. Let's get name your number one wide receiver. I actually, I think at the beginning of the season, I probably would have said yes to that. Not to Devontae, but to maybe a younger number one receiver because I was just not, I'm still not really in on Christian Watson because of the injury history. But after seeing this season play out and seeing these young guys develop, we do not need a number one guy um, as of right now. Like the way this is working, we don't need to deal with like what CeeDee Lamb was doing to Dak on Sunday. We don't need a number one guy being a, a diva and saying, yelling at the quarterback, hey, I need my targets. I need my receptions. Like throw me the ball. I need the ball. We don't have that. We have a bunch of guys like Jaden Reed, perfect example. He's been our best receiver for most of the season. He didn't even have a catch, I don't think, in this game. And we still dominated, and we don't have to worry about any of the drama. We got Romeo Dodds. We got Christian Watson. We got Jaden Reed. We got Luke Musgrave. We got Tucker Craft. We got Bo Melton, who looks like a young Donald Driver wearing number 80 out there. We got Malik Heath. These guys just keep coming, guys that we've never heard of. Or if you're a huge pack fan, you probably have. But still, a bunch of nobodies in the eyes of an average fan. And they're all playing out of their minds, playing above expectations. Like I said, just an amazing experience as a fan. One that we probably will not have again, by the way. Because next year, there's going to be expectations with how well this team has played. So with that being said, everybody just enjoy it. Enjoy it while it's here. Hopefully we can go reverse the trend of losing to the Niners. That would be just the most incredible thing ever. Jordan Love comes in and in his first playoff game, takes out the Cowboys, continues our ownership of the Cowboys, and then reverses the 49ers trend, where every single time Rogers played the Niners in the playoffs, we got beat, no matter if we had the better team or not. The Niners always beat us. If he, if Jordan Love can go in there into Santa Clara, the best team in the league, in my opinion, the Niners, and beat them, oh my God. Then, Then it's like, all right, we got a chance. I still think we actually do have a chance. As crazy as that seems, we do have a chance to make the Super Bowl. I mean, we've proven we can play with anybody. We've proven we can beat anybody. So... I'm very excited for this Niners game. I think we can keep it close. Um, if they win, that would be absolutely incredible. But I still have low expectations because we're a young team, and that's just the perfect place to be in. So, yeah. Everybody, thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed your uh, glorious day in Wisconsin sports, and we will see you guys in the next one. Go Bucks! go Pack.